Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So glad you are here. If this is your first time, you could do us a favor by clicking on the Digital Connection card or leaving a comment here in the chat. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll all the way to the bottom and check out the Digital Connection card there and just leave us your email address and a name. And if there's a prayer request you might have or if there's a question we might answer. And we certainly hope it's not your last time. So again, we're so glad you're here. And if this is your spiritual home, we say thank you to you. And again, if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and invite you to use the digital connection card or leave a comment in the chat or scroll down here on YouTube, a prayer request or something we may need to be aware of here. And we are grateful that we can be together here in this time of worship here online at Linden Road. It was a good week last week. We did step off with the crop walk and not quite sure how much money has been raised. We're still collecting. It was a smaller group that, uh, than in years past, but I know that last Sunday was a busy day for so many people, and it was a beautiful day. And those of us that participated were blessed by our time together. We do want to pray for our friend Diana Rupert. She's uh, from First Methodist. She actually tripped and took a good tumble and had to go to the emergency room. She's okay, but of the monies that we raised, 25% of it stays local and is used for local uh, food poverty issues. And if you'd like to be a stakeholder and join us in that, you can still make a gift. And you can do that through the giving link that you'll find here in the worship notes. And grateful for your being a stakeholder. And then we did gather a little bit later in the afternoon, some of us here in the building, for the launch of our small group effort here for the Created the Dream campaign. It was a fun time of food and fellowship. Together we watched the first episode and had a great conversation about just what it means to be the people of faith and how God has created us uh, to dream. So we are in week two of our series here, and today is all about taking the initiative, this idea of, of making movement happen as we think about being created to dream. I don't know about you, but I know for me, there's been moments when I've thought, man, if I could just start over, uh, maybe go back and do something a little bit different, react a little bit differently into life circumstances. But you know what? The problem is we can't. There isn't any tape to rewind that we only get today. And so what, what is past is past. And at the same time, the psalmist says to us in verse 14 of Psalm 145, God gives a fresh start to those who are ready to quit. So if you've ever felt like quitting, that's what we're going to talk about today. This is going to be a good conversation. We're going to talk about the five secrets of making a fresh start. We're going to learn an acrostic this week. Uh, it's the word start. You know, we're going to unpack that together. And I hope it'll be some things that will help us no matter where we're at, no matter what journey we're on, young or old, student, uh, retiree, anywhere in between, no matter what we've done, no matter how we've messed up, that we all can make a fresh start. That's an important thing for us to do. So the story I want us to look at today is, comes to us as Jesus is walking through the streets of Jericho, and there's a large crowd following him, and there is a blind beggar by the side of the road, and his name is Bartimaeus. Now, just think about it for a moment. To be blind in first century Jericho meant that you didn't do much. You, didn't, you couldn't work. Obviously, you couldn't read or write because Braille didn't exist then. Uh, you probably couldn't go anywhere even because there was no seeing eye dogs, all the things that we've made adjustments to for people that have uh, challenges in our, in our world today. So he was left to simply begging for his livelihood. 
every day somebody would come and carry him out to the side of the road and they'd sitting there on the edge of the road and he'd beg for his livelihood you know, for a very sustenance and then at the end of the day someone would take him back and it had to be a miserable life and his name Bartimaeus in fact means the son of Timaeus or son of the honorable so on this day as Jesus is walking by Bartimaeus thinks to himself this is my chance I've heard of this Jesus I've got to go for it this is where I could get my fresh start I'm not going to miss this opportunity and so what does he do he starts yelling above the noise of the crowd saying Jesus son of David have mercy on me so I want us to see that that's the first step of how to get a fresh start with God it's this idea of seizing the moment in fact what I would suggest is that he said, I'm not going to miss this one. I'm going to take advantage of my circumstance here and now. Jesus is coming right by me, and I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to delay. I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm going to start it all right now. And that's the first key to starting a fresh life for us, too. So whatever we're going to do, we got to do it now. We don't want to say next year I'm going to make a fresh start or next month I'm going to make a fresh start. It's now or never. We've got to seize the moment. Now, when Bartimaeus got up that morning, I'm going to guess he had no idea that Jesus Christ was going to be passing him by. And in fact, as best as he knew, it was just going to be another ordinary day. Same place, same thing, same begging, same miserable, lonely, pitiful life. So he had no time to prepare for this guy named Jesus. He had no time to plan for Jesus showing up. It was just an opportunity that was dropped in his lap and he had to seize the moment. Now the story, when we read about it, comes to us out of Mark chapter 10. And look at this verse here. It says, As Jesus left town, a great crowd was following, and a blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Again, he says, I'm going to take advantage of this circumstance. It's now or never. I'm going to make the most of this. And he seizes the opportunity. Now, for all of us, we need to realize that there are opportunities for us every day for a fresh start. You get them all the time. And yet, many of us don't take advantage of them. And why is that? Well, one word is this word procrastination, right? Here's a little poem about it. I spent a fortune on a trampoline, a stationary bike, and a rowing machine, complete with gadgets to read my pulse and gadgets to prove my progress results, and others to show the miles I've charted, but they left off the gadget to get me started. Yeah, so true, right? Procrastination is a strange thing. We think things will make our lives more pleasant, and then what actually happens is the things actually create more stress. Uh, the truth is, we already know the right things to do. You already know them. You know the benefit of doing the right things in life, so why don't we do them? It could be what's called the manana syndrome. I'll do it later. And so what is the manana syndrome? It's, it's I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it off. And someday I'll, one of these days I'll, or I'll just get around to it, right? I'm, I'm aiming to, but you know what? You never do. We know that the Bible warns us over and over about presuming upon tomorrow, that none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. I'm not and you're not. You have no guarantee that you will live tomorrow. So whatever you're going to do, you better do it now. This comes to mind in so many ways. On Monday this past week, I spent the day at Mapleton High School in Northern National County, where on Friday night, a young woman 
who was part of the homecoming court. Her name is Bree McCain. She was walking across the field to be presented as the homecoming uh, candidate along with uh, her other classmates. And she had a seizure there on the field and passed away en route to the hospital. How, how terrible that is, this beautiful, bright young woman who was in the prime of her life, and yet it sobers us all to be reminded. And then even as I talked with people at the school, young and old, the reality of just that we don't get tomorrow, that we get today, and how do we live our lives more fully because of that? In fact, when we look at Scripture, there's all sorts of um, reminders. The book of Job, uh, chapter 9, verse 25, my days go quickly, he says, more quickly than a runner, they sprint away. And I don't know about you, but I felt that way. It seems like the older I get, especially. Or in Job chapter 8, verse 9, it says, Our life is short. We pass like shadows across the earth. Because the reality is our life is just a blip. It's a shadow. It doesn't really last that long. Or Proverbs, the writer says in chapter 27, verse 1, Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day will bring forth. Or the psalmist says in chapter 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. And then Paul in the New Testament says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, Make the most of every opportunity. So let me ask you this. What do you need to stop procrastinating about? What do you need to start doing that you already know is the right thing to do? What do you need to act on? And I know even as we are here today, online and in the building, there's something that God wants us to get moving on to start living and leaning into things that he says, basically, give me your life right now and start living for me now. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put off God's kingdom until tomorrow. Seize the day, he says. So we seize the moment. And then, so the second secret to making a fresh start in faith it's the T in the word start, stands for tame your fear. If you're going to make a fresh start with your faith in your life, you've got to face your fears. You've got to tame your fears. You've got to toss them out and not let them control you. Fear has an incredible ability to paralyze our potential, to keep us from launching out, to keep us from having faith in our lives. Because it's simply this, we face the choice of faith or fear. And if we choose fear, it does some things to us. It makes us skeptical. It makes us afraid of trying, of trying anything new. It makes us selfish even, and we're afraid to commit to God or to others. It makes us short-sighted. We focus on the past and not on the future. You see, there's a lot of fears that we face when it comes to this issue of faith and stepping over the line to have faith. But Bartimaeus, he faced one that many of us face. He faced the fear of disapproval or rejection. Because he knew that to shout out at Jesus in that crowd wasn't the right thing to do in the moment. He knew that people would look down on him for it. But you know what? He was desperate. And he knew that Jesus Christ was the only one that could help him. And what happens in this story? When he shouted out to Jesus here in Mark chapter 10, the Bible tells us, many of the people scolded him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, have mercy on me. And so when he shouted out, everyone else around him is basically saying, don't do that. You got to be quiet. Quiet down. Don't make a scene. Surely Jesus Christ isn't interested in you because he's got more important things to be doing, right? But you know what? That's where the evil one steps in. 
That's where the evil one whispers to all of us in moments like Bartimaeus's that God surely isn't interested in you. And so don't step out. Don't make a scene. In fact, even maybe saying, what would people think of you? You see, those kinds of thoughts often keep us from having faith. And when you see the need, then that is the opportunity to change. And it's the opportunity to be healed. And so all kinds of shouts from inside of us and outside of us tell us not to rock the boat. Which begs the question, right? Whose disapproval do you fear the most? And whoever that is, that person takes priority over your relationship with God. And so because that person can keep us from having faith, because it's in those moments that it can keep us from having faith or invite you to have faith. And we need to see that peer pressure isn't just for kids, that we all face peer pressure in our lives in so many different ways. And we also face the fear of disapproval is a struggle for all of us. A long time before the idea of codependency showed up, the scriptures were clear about how we are wired as human beings. It says here in Proverbs 29, verse 25, the fear of human opinion disables you. Trusting in God protects you from all that. That's an incredible truth that God can protect us. Because when we see this truth, you really don't want to worry so much about what others think of you if you realize they never really think about you to begin with, if we're honest. People are not really thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. It's all about selfishness just like we are. And so what we need to see here is that God is asking us to do something greater than we've ever done before. And it's different in many ways than something we've done before. What he's doing is he's asking us to depend on him in ways that we've never depended on him before. You think that's going to feel a little bit scary? Of course it is. And so in that moment, you and I have a choice. We get to choose. Am I going to fall back on my fear and stay the way I was? Or am I going to look forward with faith and step forward in faith? You see, we've got to seize the moment. We've got to tame our fears. And then the third key today is of beginning a fresh start. Announce your faith. Basically, go public with it. Announce even your goal, your intention, the change you want to make in your life and what you're asking God to do. Last week, as we talked about this here in the room, one of the goals in my mind, one of the dreams I have is that a year from now, we've doubled our attendance and we have invited others to be part of what God can do in and through us here at Linden Road, both online and in person. And part of that is my goal, but I hope it'll be your goal too. And then when we make these goals is that we can clarify what we really want And then when we state it publicly, it can encourage us. We need to tell people because if we keep it secret, it's it's something that's shallow. And so if you're going to make a change, you need to go ahead and make a public announcement about it and say, this is what I'm going to ask God to do in my life. Again, here in Mark chapter 10, verse 51, Jesus asked him, that is Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man answered, teacher, I want to see. He said, I want my sight. I want to be healed. Now, here's the big question today. Why in the world did Jesus ask this question? He walks over to this guy who is a blind beggar who is sitting on the edge of the road. He's on the ground there, and he asks him, what would you like me to do for you? Duh. (laughs) I mean, seriously, didn't he already know what the guy needed? Yes, he did. He was the son of God. Couldn't he have read his mind? I'm going to guess so. 
Uh, didn't he know what the guy's problem was? Yes, he did. Why in the world would Jesus look at him and say, what do you want me to do for you? He was doing it for Bartimaeus's benefit. You see, by asking that question, he allowed Bartimaeus to publicly announce his faith. Because Bartimaeus says, I want you to heal me. Now, there's a lot of implications in those words. Because you don't ask a guy to heal you unless you believe that you have the faith that he can do it. And so by asking him, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says to him, I want you to heal me. I want you to give me sight. He's saying, first, I believe you are who you say you are. You are the son of God. Secondly, I believe you have the power to change me. And thirdly, I believe you can and will change me. That's all about faith. And so it was a statement of faith, a statement of faith. He was announcing it publicly. Now, here's the most amazing thing out of that story is that it's our story too. That our Lord, Jesus Christ, he asks us that same question every day. Right now, he's asking that. What do you want me to do for you? He asks that every time we get up in the morning, what do you want me to do for you? In fact, if Jesus Christ were to come to us right now and he would ask you and I that question, how would we answer it? Well, we need to think that through because he is asking us that. In fact, he's asking us that every moment of our life. What do you want me to do for you? Well, this much we know, God wants to use us. We know that he wants to bless us. We know that he wants to make changes in our lives, in your life and in mine. He wants to do incredible things in us, things that we can't even begin to imagine. But you know what? You've got to ask. And in asking, you have to have faith. It's interesting when we think about uh, when we set goals, like at the beginning of the year, or goals for anything that we're trying to accomplish, that actually when we set a goal, that we're making a statement of faith that we're saying, here's my goal in life and here's my objective. Then we're saying, this is what I believe God can do in my life by this time, by this date. The goals are a statement of faith. And so every time we say, this is what I want God to do, this is what I want God to change, this is my dream, this is my goal, this is my vision, this is my objective, you are publicly announcing your faith if you believe God's going to help you do it. Now, there is a qualifier on this when you do set a goal. You do need to say, I'm going to do this with my life. Then you need to add the phrase, if it's God's will. Because, you know what, as we said earlier, you don't know the future. You don't know what God has in mind for us, right? We don't know what his plans are. We're not sovereign. We're not all-knowing. But he is. And that's why we say, here's my goal, if it's God's will. In James chapter 4, verse 15, he says, you ought to say this, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Because, again, none of us can predict the future, so we don't want to be presumptuous, but that doesn't mean you don't set goals, that you don't make statements of faith, because we do make them. And then a a secondary question is, why do we do it publicly? Why do we announce it publicly? Well, here's why. The more people you know, the more support you've got. If you want to make a major change in your life, and you keep it to yourself, and say, for example, this is what I'm hoping God will do in my marriage, this is what I'm hoping God will do in my life, That's pretty shallow faith. You don't even have enough faith to share it with somebody else. And so that's why we're doing small groups. And it's this idea that we are accountable to each other. The more people 
you can share it with, the more people can pray for you and with you. The more people can support us in what we're trying to do, the more people can help us and keep us accountable. That's why we go public. And so the R here in our acrostic this morning in this word start is that we need to receive God's grace. You can seize the moment and you realize that Jesus is right here in the middle with us and that he's given us this opportunity. And then we can tame our fears and then we can announce our faith. This is what I want. And then what we need to do is receive God's grace as we lean into what he's calling us to be a part of. Again, in Mark chapter 10, verse 52, Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight. And what we need to see here is the beautiful reminder that he gave him his sight. It's something that he didn't earn. It's because through his faith he asked. And so we need to also see it wasn't anything he worked for. And it wasn't something he deserved. It wasn't something he could have bought. And he didn't do it because he did a bunch of religious rituals. Like Bartimaeus, we together can receive the free gift of God's grace and the ability to make a fresh start. And so regardless of what we've done, regardless of what our past is all about, regardless of the things we've brought onto ourselves, John chapter 1, verse 16 reminds us that from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. So the question here is, you know, how do you receive God's blessing in your life? Well, you do it by faith. And then it continues, that's why faith is the key. God's promise is given to us as a free gift. And so for us, if we're going to receive the promises of God, we have to continue to work as a person of faith. Now, one of the verses that we can look at to help us better understand that is Philippians 4.13. You know, many of us say we'd like to change. And we just can't, that we'd like a fresh start, but somehow it doesn't happen, that we'd like to be different, we'd like to change the things that are happening in our world. And you know what? The truth is, you're right. We can't change them. You can't change. The only thing that can happen is God to change us. And we need to do it in his power, to be reminded that it's about the Holy Spirit equipping us and empowering us. And the reality is, is if you could have changed, you would have done it already. And so we need a power greater than ourselves to make the changes that really will make a difference in our lives, that we need God's grace. We need his power. And that's what this idea is all about. So again, Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. It's about doing life together, about being reminded that we are on this journey together and we need each other. Again, we know this guy, Bartimaeus, right? He was blind, but he had enough vision to see that Jesus Christ could help him out. And he had enough vision to see that he needed God's grace. The question I have for us together is, do we? Do you? Do I? Do you realize how much grace you need in life? Or do you just think you can go through life all on your own? I know I need it every day. And then especially this idea of spiritual blindness, that I think that's far worse than physical blindness because we don't realize how much you need God's grace in your life when you're spiritually blind. Now, grace isn't just for salvation. It's not just for us to get our sins forgiven and get us into heaven. Grace is also for our daily walk. It's our daily mistakes that we make. That if we don't have grace in our life, then you're gonna be filled with regret. And if you're filled with regret, you're gonna get stuck in the past. And if you get stuck in the past, you can't make a fresh start. And that's what we're talking about here today. 
So I don't know what regrets you're carrying, but I do need to say this as clearly as I can, that the grace and the forgiveness of God is available to you, and you can begin a fresh start. And it takes first the start, right? So we seize the moment, and then we tame our fears, and we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And just as we put them out of the way, and as we toss them aside, we announce it publicly, this is what we're doing, that we actually say through faith, I need you, God. And then in needing him, we say, I will receive your grace. And then finally, to finish our, our word start here, is this idea that we need to take the next step. Take the next step is a fresh start with God. Okay, then the question becomes, well, what is the next step? Well, I don't know what it is for you. For every one of us online and here in the room later, it's, it's different. It's about our journey and our story. Every one of us in this room are at different stages in our faith journey. So I don't know what step you have to take, but I do know you need to take it, whatever it is. And that's where in your relationship with Jesus, he'll make it known. Now, for some, it may be that you need to make that relationship with Jesus happen, that maybe you haven't taken that very first step. And I would encourage you in that to come to Jesus Christ and see him as your Lord and Savior and to ask him for forgiveness of your sins and to accept his death on the cross for you to make you right with God. And it may be for some that it's about getting into a small group. I don't know. Maybe that. It may be something else. Maybe it's about giving to the church. Maybe it's about giving to the mission and work of the church. Again, you can help with the crop walk, uh, make a, an investment through the, the link here online. Or maybe it's about supporting our ongoing mission and the things that we're doing day in, day out. And I'm grateful for your support in thinking about those things. Or maybe it's to go on a mission trip, or maybe it's to share the hope of the gospel with a friend, or, or maybe even invite somebody to watch this series with you, or to come to church on Sunday and be engaged here in the building. So I don't know what your next step is, but I do know this, you've got one, and that God will never be finished in your life about taking you deeper in your faith, that you will never just arrive, that it is about a journey. There is always, there's always a next step towards our faith. And it's towards love and towards joy and towards happiness. Now, it's really clear as we think about this idea of getting a fresh start with God that we need to take the next step. Because if you don't take the next step, you're going to get stuck and maybe even getting in a rut. And we all know that uh, what a rut is, right? It, the only difference between a grave and a rut is its length. And so you're going to die. All of us are going to face our physical death. And we know that when we get stuck in a rut, that's when things dry up for us spiritually. And God's inviting us into a deeper relationship. The reality is that God isn't going to help you with step three or four or five until you first take step one and two. That we need to ask, God, help me with this. Some people ask, well, God, help me with this. And what he said to us is, first, why haven't you done what I've already told you to do? So we need to take the next step. Maybe some of us might say, I, I've been aiming to. I've been aiming to join that group, or I've been aiming to get into ministry, or I've been aiming to invite that person to church. Well, guess what? You need to stop aiming, and you need to pull the trigger. Yeah, maybe even saying you need to stop procrastinating. Now, it's interesting here, as we wrap up, here in Mark chapter 10, verse 52, Bartimaeus regained his sight, and he began following Jesus on the road. Now, earlier in Mark 1046, it says, Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. Now, there's a tension here between sitting by the road 
and following Jesus on the road. That's what happens when we meet Jesus. So which one of those phrases describes your life? Are you sitting by the road or are you following Jesus on the road? Which of those two lifestyles do you think is more fulfilling? Sitting by the road or following Jesus on the road? How about this? Which do you think has more joy or more meaning or even more satisfaction? Sitting by the road or following Jesus on the road? How about this? Which one do you want to represent your life? Sitting beside the road or following Jesus on the road? The reality is there's only one way to follow Jesus on the road. You got to take the next step. And we need to say clearly that faith is more than believing. Faith is more than thinking about Jesus. It's more than talking about Jesus. It's more than having opinions about or even convictions about Jesus. That This much we know for sure is that faith is action. It's about movement. It is activity. Faith is something that we do. In fact, the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 14, if people say they have faith but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. So let me ask you the question. What are you waiting on in order to take the next step of faith in your life? What's your excuse for procrastinating? What are you waiting on? Do you realize that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow? I've seen it twice this week in a reminder of just how short life is. And you may have seen it too. You know what? It's true for all of us. We all only get today. So you better do it now if you're going to do it because you're not guaranteed that Monday's going to be here. So the question is then, where do we get the faith to begin a fresh start? Well, there's only one source, and it's Jesus Christ himself. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. This is the message version. It says, everything that we have, right thinking, right living, clean slate, and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. It's what he has done for us. Again, Bartimaeus had no idea that Jesus was going to pass his way on that day. And yet to him, as he got up, it was just another day. Same place, same thing, same misery. And yet God gave him an unexpected opportunity that could change his life, that could give him a fresh start. You know what? The reason that we're even sitting here today is because God is giving each of us, you and I, an unexpected opportunity for a fresh start to be reminded, just like Bartimaeus encountered Jesus, that we can encounter him too. So let me just say it this way. Don't blow it. Don't miss it. Don't miss this opportunity. to Don't let it pass you by. Jesus Christ is here now and wants to engage in us in a whole new way. And so with that, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you have invited us, even in this day, to be reminded of how we can have a fresh start in life. And Jesus, we thank you for the victory that you have over death and the life that you want to give us. And so I pray as we journey together, as we think about how we've been created to dream, that we see you working. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our eyes so that we can see the opportunities of how we can grow and make a difference in the world. We pray through your strong name, Jesus. Amen. Again, thanks for being with us this week. So glad you tuned in. And we pray that as you lean into the week ahead, that you're reminded that you are that you are reminded that you've been blessed to be a blessing. And so go forth and serve others in the name of Christ. Amen. Have a great week.